It is not that I'm opposed to Irish whiskey. I'm not opposed to Irish whiskey. I have zero problem with Irish whiskey. It's out of all the things I drink outside of, okay, vodka. It's probably the thing I know least, if only because I never drink vodka. It is Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, is with us, except he's not with us. This is going to be a very, very disjointed show because Fingers Malloy got, it, well, he didn't get into a car accident. His car broke down on the way here. And his car is part of a multi-part story that we're going to be getting into. And I figured I, I can't wait. So I would try some Irish whiskey. This is Busker. Now, Busker is new on the scene from the DiSerrano people. There are a series of different kinds of Busker Irish whiskey, right? There's a single malt. There's a single grain. This right here is known as the triple cask, triple smooth. So it's 80 proof, 40% alcohol by volume. Now, what makes it Irish whiskey, I think, is is uh, the, the question here, right? The, a blended, right, is blends, is, you know, malts and, and grains and, and, and all that uh, sorts of thing. Then there's, like, single pot still whiskey, uh, both have to be distilled on pot stills only, right? So the Irish whiskey, think of it, I guess you could think of it in the same way you can uh, scotch, right? Uh, so, for example, a single malt Irish whiskey is produced only from malted barley and distilled in copper pot uh, stills. Now, what makes this interesting, why people know Irish whiskey, I think comes from concepts of, of blended uh, uh, Irish whiskeys, right? I think that's the way they view it. Jameson, Tullamore, uh, Bushmills, things like that. So for our conversation, let's just treat it like whiskey. It is certainly not bourbon because bourbon is the great American drink. And even though they spell it with the E-Y, whiskey that comes from outside the U.S., usually just spelled with the Y, W-H-I-S-K-Y. E-Y is usually left for American whiskey. As I said, 80 proof. That's 40% alcohol by volume. It's a very light amber, almost to an extent a blonde, right? So I'm looking at it in a Glencairn glass, right? The Glencairn glass is the one that's kind of shaped, not fluted, but it kind of, it's kind of bulbous and then kind of narrow as it gets to the top. So you can really kind of tilt it and take a look at it and get that color. It's, it's pale. That's the best way I could put it. It's a bit pale, uh, almost translucent. Uh, in in the bottle, and it's pale in the glass. The nose, the the, the nose for me feels like Irish whiskey. Thinks like like Irish whiskey. It's that's that's an interesting that's an interesting smell right there. It's it's not medicinal. I wanna if we were doing scotch, I would say okay, is that peat that I'm smelling? But it's. It's not. It, it's, it's definitely not uh, Pete that, that I'm smelling. It is. Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you what. It's not the most appetizing smell. But then again, gin is not the most appetizing smell, and I enjoy gin. Juniper? Juniper strong. Juniper is tough. Juniper will absolutely, positively mess with you. This is... Um, it... If I told you it was meaty, would I be lying? Would I be, would I be uh, saying it right? 
I don't know if that's just a lot of uh, the the wood that, that I'm that I'm getting in here, or is that fruit? As you as you get into it, because I'm now like on my fifth sniff. It's banana. That's what that is. That is that is banana, like a really really ripe uh, banana, and a touch a touch of 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 dark fruit. So here's how we do it. We do it neat. We always start neat, and then we either move to a big rock side or, or we move it, we add ice chips or sometimes water. I'm a big fan of the ice chip. I want to open it up. I want to get a little chill in there, but I don't want to dilute. But we do it neat. This is the Busker Irish Whiskey, triple cask, triple smooth. If you see the bottle, it's the green. Green label, you ready? We're going to do this. Now, usually I have fingers talking right now while I'm taking a sip. But he's not here because his car broke down. Wait till you hear the story of his car. Wait till you hear what he's about to do. You're going to blow your mind. Here we go. We're doing the, the, the busker Irish whiskey. Okay. Oh, I got to do another one. I got to do another one. Wait. Now that's, that is buttery. Now, it doesn't show up thick on the glass, but it plays thick on the tongue. There's a little bit of heat that comes to the bottom of the chest. No sting at all. Zero on the tip of the tongue, side of the tongue, uh, the palate. No burn on the throat what, whatsoever. But it's, it's very, very full. Um, vanilla and dark chocolate. Is that a good way to put that? Here's, here's, the, here's the unique issue about this. It doesn't hit as flavorful, as full for me as bourbons do, but the flavors are very, very easy to pick up, right? Vanilla and dark chocolate, and then it gets a little more in the aftertaste for me. Um, call it the finish. It's a, it's a little tart. I guess that, yeah, that's exactly how I describe it. There's nothing difficult about this whatsoever. It's already kind of chilly, so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm not going to do it neat. I'm going to add one ice chip, just one in there uh, to melt that out. We're going to see where it is. Now, one of the things that's unique about this and makes it, I think, worth a go if you want to play in the Irish whiskey world, all of them are under $30 a bottle. All of them. And that's, I, I think that gives you a reason to be like, okay, I've never really done Irish whiskeys. I've never been a fan of Irish whiskeys. Under $30, let's, let's kind of play this out. Let's play this out and see kind of where it goes and, and, and how, it, how it works. Um, is this something that's in your liquor cabinet or is this something you're trying at the bar? I would start with at the bar first. If Irish whiskeys are not your thing, I would absolutely start at the bar first. Because it's simple. It's super simple. At 80 proof, this is not hitting you. Right? No part of this is in any way like super strong or, or super attacking. The Busker Irish whiskey is easy. Now, this is the triple tech cask, triple smooth. It comes in a couple of, of different ways, as I said. And those I haven't tried yet. The single grain, the single malt. Uh, or uh, the single pot still. Haven't had those. This is just, this is easy. And what's weird is these tastes, I have never used the terminology that a taste is too pronounced, and that's what I think I'm getting. 
And you may be a fan of this. Hold on, I'm doing another sip right here. Now on the chip, on the chip it's opened up a little bit. I think I might want to touch more water on there. The tastes are super pronounced and actually on different parts of the tongue, different parts of the palate. But it goes down super easy. Again, just a touch of heat in that lower chest. It's an interesting drink. It might grow on me. The Busker Irish Whiskey. This is the triple cask, triple smooth. And this right here is Eat, Drink, Smoke. So you've heard me talk about shtick, right? Uh, the idea of creating something just for the gimmick, for the gag. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. Great to be with you. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy. Fingers will get here. His car broke down, which is going to lead to one of the great car stories ever told. You will not believe what he's about to do, the adventure he is about to undertake. Metallica. I'm talking about the band. I'm talking about Metallica. They have created their own whiskey. And I'm not actually sure how in the world they're doing this, right? It's a blended whiskey. They're combining bourbons and rye, right? That's what they're doing. That's what they're they're putting together. And it's called blackened. Right? I'm I'm not imagining this. It's called blackened and here's how the headline came to me. Metallica creates a sonically enhanced limited edition whiskey, American whiskey. And I'm like, sonically enhanced? This is where Fingers Malloy would scream about pumpkin spice, whatever. I don't know what that means. It, it, it comes in a black box featuring uh, the artwork of uh, Squindo, who I guess is a longtime Metallica collaborator full disclosure I didn't grow up um, with with Metallica music it just wasn't what was playing in my house it wasn't where where I was but I don't know what that means what in the world is a sonically enhanced American whiskey it's the kind of thing you say but doesn't mean anything right I mean you can have the bottle you can have the box and it's all really really cool but it's not somehow they they played music while it was in the barrels and therefore it created this a better flavor that's the part that didn't happen but this idea of of shtick that goes along with so many of these things i if it works it works i gotta tell you i i can't think of a band that could put out a whiskey that would make me say because of the band i want to try it Right, John Rich has Redneck Riviera, right? But I, I don't try Redneck Riviera because John Rich, big and rich, country duo, right? I tried it because I, I know John Rich, and I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. It's actually a pretty good whiskey. Pretty good whiskey, low cost, about $25 a bottle, and you can, you can do something with it. You can really enjoy it. Very, very easy uh, to, to do. Uh, Peyton Manning, uh, football player, has a, a bourbon, but I'm not running out to buy Peyton Banning's bourbon because it's it's Peyton Manning's, right? So I don't know how much this shtick stuff actually works. I do know that any list that'll show me the best burger in America is going to get me to pay attention. I'm a sucker for a listicle. Uh, this was put together by a group called The Daily Meal, and it's out of Newsweek. And they went around the country, as they often do, and they say, here, here is uh, the best burger. And I read number 10, which is in Atlanta, Georgia, 
um, which is a place called Dance Hall Queen. It's called Dance Hall Queen, and the name of the burger is The Slutty Vegan. And I was done at that moment. I was finished, and I was complete, and I was uh, good. They do vegan burgers, right? They, they give them all these kinds of uh, uh, sexualized names. Oh, maybe, maybe The Slutty Vegan is, is the name of the, of, the, of the place. Because I think the burger is called The Dance Hall Queen. It's a plant-based patty loaded with vegan bacon, vegan cheese, caramelized onions, lettuce, tomato, and a secret sauce on a vegan Hawaiian bun topped with sweet jerk plantains. Nothing about that moves me. I, I understand vegetarian, vegan throws me for all the loop in the world. And certainly I want a burger that tastes like burger. And I want it to actually be burger. Vegan. It's just a, I don't want to, I'm not trying to attack vegans. I'm not trying to insult vegans. That's some militant lifestyle stuff right there. That's more than, than, than I can do. And I can't imagine that the burger place gets a lot of people who desperately want the, the, the vegan kind of thing. But you go through this list and they're basically all the same, right? Whether you're at uh, the Nook in St. Paul, Minnesota Port of Call in New Orleans, um, Husk in Charleston, South, South Carolina. You can be Stella's Bar and Grill in Bellevue, Nebraska. What really moves? The Luger Burger at Peter Luger in Brooklyn. All right, it's Peter Luger's. It's the, right, the epitome of, of old school steakhouse, right? That's, that's where I'd go. I, I want to just try that experience. What makes a burger a burger, right? So... You ask Fingers Malloy, who's not here because his car broke down. He's on his way. There's a tow truck and everything else. And this all fits into this insane story about what he's doing with a car. The travel he's about to do. Uh, we'll tell the story in a minute. He will tell you that a burger is reverse sear on a grill. Cook it low and slow. Get it cooked. Take them off. Bring the temperature up. Put them back on for a quick sear on both sides. Boom and done. I like a burger done in an iron skillet. I like the idea of one of those kind of smash burgers. I love that flavoring. I love that crust that gets on there. It's just, it's, it's to me, it's just a not, I don't know if it's a question of more juicy, but it's sitting in the grease and it's, it's what God intended. That's what I look for in a burger. But I don't look for much else on the burger. Right? Maybe a slice of onion. Maybe there's a sauce, whether that be ketchup or something else. Maybe. Is there cheese? Not necessarily. Doesn't have to be. So there are only so many ways you can do the burger. Only so many ways you can make the burger happen. Me, I love a fried egg on a burger. I think that's a great combination Right? Uh, it's got it's to be able to have a little run to it. you got to be able to break the yolk and get it in there. I think that adds just enough liquid to it to make it super palatable, super uh, delicious. But in the end result, what moves you? What, what makes the real difference? Because all the other toppings are toppings. It has to be, first, the quality of the meat itself. Are you doing just ground beef? 
or are you are you mixing it with things like some people you know they'll do ground brisket in there some people will add other things like pork in there to me uh, lamb in and of itself has to stand alone right i love a lamb burger but i don't when i want lamb i want lamb i don't want to mix it in with anything else i don't want to i don't want to c- confuse that so that's a part of it but the other side of it is how how this thing is cooked for me smash it for me flat top there's a group is it blackstone that makes the flat top um, the, these these uh, flat top they're, they're like instead of getting a grill because I still have not gotten a grill it's it's basically a, a, a griddle right that that's that's what you get and it's this it they're very very cool I'm like I should get a grill because there are still things I want to grill and I could just do the flat top stuff inside but to me like that's the that's the joy right there so this whole list of, of, of burgers. We'll get it up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke. Um, if you start with a vegan burger, I don't, I, I, you can only go up, but there was no burger on this list where you're like, hmm, I gotta, I gotta try that. They're doing something special. No, no. It, in the end, it's how you're cooking it. Smash that mother. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. It is uh, the Busker. The Busker triple cask, triple smooth Irish whiskey on the ice chip. It's doing me right. And Oh, Fingers, you're here. Yeah. How you doing? My car. <laughs> Had to last me literally one more day. So let me set the scene for you because I've been teasing. You got to hear this story. You know what? We'll save news of the week for another time. Maybe we'll get to it. This is amazing. So Fingers Malloy, if you were with us last week, was talking about needing to get another car. And there was a whole conversation about CarMax and how yeah, I've used CarMax and I like CarMax and you, eh, never big on, on CarMax, Right? So this all in this week develops into fingers looking for a car, and he's decided on on what are you getting? Oh, do we really have We're to talk doing about the whole this? thing do from beginning really end? Have- what are you getting? I am getting a Chevrolet Volt. Is that right? Volt with a V, not with a B. Those are two different cars. He's getting a Chevy Volt. He wants an electric. He's got a long commute every day, and it's just going to be easier for him. So this whole week has been a conversation of him trying to find a Chevy Volt. Hey, Fingers, where did you find the Chevy Volt that you're going to go buy? My car broke down on the way. (laughs) No, no, no. We'll get to the car breaking down. Chronological order, please. So he's talking about needing a new car. He doesn't want anything to do with CarMax, right? Because he doesn't like CarMax because he's heard something about CarMax. He's decided on a Chevy Volt. Which dealer... Are you getting a Chevy Volt from CarMax? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, we, we we couldn't hear you. Ca- ca- CarMax. No, wait, uh, uh, again, I'll, I'll make sure I heard that right. What it's was that? Ca- CarMax. So you're getting a Chevy Volt from CarMax. Let me explain. Oh, 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 <laughs> wait. Would you please? But but make sure you give us the full story. 
Well, first of all, when we talked about this last week, I said I didn't like dealerships that had this no haggling policy when it comes to negotiating. Right, because you deal. came, you, you are, you know, Dormammu, I came to bargain. You're That's Dr. Right. Strange. Give me a bargain. Well, the thing is, you know, they, they give you, they sell you on, oh, we've done all the research for you and we've come up with the best price. Well, I want to look at the car, make sure I'm getting the best price. And if I don't feel like I'm getting the best price, I want to be able to give you a counter offer. Right. And I'm telling you, these no, and this isn't just CarMax. A lot of traditional dealerships that are selling used cars now have moved to this no haggling policy, and they are quite adamant that they do not haggle with the pricing at all. But now it takes an interesting turn. And the interesting turn has required us to even change how we do the show. We've had to <laughs> rearrange days because we are in Indianapolis, Indiana, Fingers Malloy. Yes. And there's a CarMax in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hey, where? which CarMax dealership did you find your Chevy Volt? Tucson, Arizona. I'm, I'm sorry? What was that? Tucson, Arizona. Tucson, Arizona? Yes. You know, Tucson, Arizona <laughs> is not in Indiana. I, I own a globe. Yes, I know this. So Fingers Malloy, instead of doing the whole thing where they could just bring it out, it's so easy, you pay some money and they'll bring it out. He's like, no, perfect time to take a little vacation. Flying out to Tucson, Arizona to pick up the Chevy Volt and we'll drive it back to Indianapolis. Was that, four days? Yeah. Yeah. Four days. Wait, here's here's the deal. First of all, they want to charge me $1,500 to ship it back. Well, that's what it costs. That's what it costs. I and can, you decided. I'm going to fly there, and it'll be cheaper for me to bring it home. So that's what I'm going to do. And it, it the, the Chevy Volt, if you have a full charge when you start, uh, you can get 420 miles on a full tank of gas, and that's the, the gas tank is only eight gallons. Right. So I'm going to spend less than $100, most likely, to get to, to so drive. So you decided you don't, you don't need the luxury of not going to Tucson, Arizona. You're going to Tucson, Arizona. So this is all happening tomorrow. So when you listen to the rest of the show, we are going to be checking in with Fingers <laughs> Malloy from the road in the next hour. He will be on the road heading back from Tucson. So today is the day. You're, you're done. You're going to be heading here, and, and, and everything is going on tomorrow. You're traveling out to Tucson. Whole thing's happening. Fingers Malloy, what happened to you today? Fifteen minutes uh, prior to getting here, I was at a left turn lane. Did you try the busker, by the way, the Irish whiskey? Uh, Notes no, of I vanilla I, and dark no, I, chocolate. I, oh, lovely. I haven't. I, oh. I will, believe me, okay. by the end of this story. Uh got stuck in the left turn lane and my car died. The car that I'm replacing tomorrow <laughs> hasn't given me any problems. It's nine years old. Got 125,000 miles on it. It sensed that I was leaving it and like a jilted lover and crapped the bed on me the day before it was being replaced. Uh, did, you, uh, did you kick the tires? I took it out back and I shot it. Did you check the spark plugs? And they're supposed to check the spark plugs. I, and here's, here's the beauty. 
the, the beautiful part of this, I'm sitting there in, in the left turn lane, and apparently no one looks in front of them while they're driving anymore because they're looking at their phones, right. they're looking at the radio, they're eating cereal, they're doing the makeup. They're not seeing the huge flashers, the hazard lights on. People are honking at me. I'm waving them. Get the heck out of here. I'm clearly... No, actually, I just decided to park here. I thought it would be a good idea. <laughs> and people are getting mad at me. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was my idea for my car to crap out on me. So, by the way, what kind of car is this? That crapped out on me? Yeah, that's right. A Chevrolet Malibu. So, it's a Chevrolet. Yes. And what are you getting again? A Chevrolet. Now, listen, it's nine years old. Sometimes you have car problems. We're not going to... It's uh, the first you know, problem I've ever Chevrolet. had with this car. Right. It happens. Yes. It, it, it happens. So, uh, so, so you called the tow truck. Yes. Did you? Uh-huh. And? And not only did the guy, uh, he was not able to get the Chevy Malibu on his, uh, on the flatbed of, uh, he's got a flatbed tow Couldn't truck. Couldn't get the Malibu on the flatbed. No. Um, he, he, he had me go away. And then 10 minutes later, when I drove back with my other car, it was gone. So I'm, I got a feeling that he did something that he didn't want me to see. While he was loading it up. But the good news is I got a nice contact high off of him when I shook his hand. Oh. So that's pleasant. So you think it's a total loss. I came for the tow truck. I stayed for the contact high. So now. It's a good day. So you don't know what's wrong with the Chevy Malibu. No. But tomorrow you get on a plane Mm -hmm. and you're flying to Tucson. Yes. Where you are going to get the Chevy Volt. Yes. Now keep in mind, I'm getting this because in my commute. I'm doing uh, 92 miles a day. I'm driving. That's a long commute, baby. Halfway through my commute, I'm getting a free charge, a free full charge for this car. Right. So that's the reason why I'm doing this, because I will get free elect- a free battery charge. It's going to cut my mileage in half even more than that, because it gets 53 miles of charge. So I figure I'm, I'm driving 460 miles a week. I'm only going to go through five to six gallons of gas at the most. It may not even be five gallons. Now, by the way, this flight out to Tucson you're taking tomorrow uh-huh. really quick. Uh, was it easy getting the ticket? A certain online reservation company completely took it to me. And just I'll say this. If you get uh, a fast deal from them, I'm changing the wording of right. what they call it. And they say that it includes check bag and advanced seat selection. Don't believe them when so it says. So if you got one of those services where, you know, you, you get online... And you, uh, you, you get a, a flight, it might not give you everything it says it's supposed to. Right. And then you could talk to all of the customer service representatives, which I did, and they said, sorry about your luck, and we won't give you a voucher. Kelly Cuoco f- and uh, William Shatner did not give you a refund? No, they did not. That's shocking. And they told me to pound sand, actually, is what they did. Did it occur to you after all of this that maybe you don't need a Chevy Volt from Tucson, Arizona? No, it, it occurred to me that I need not just one Irish whiskey, I need several Irish whiskeys. That's the busker right there. We'll give you a chance to drink that. Let us know what you think. Just remember, if you think your life is bad, remember Fingers Malloy. <laughs> this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. I never want to go out without news of, of the week. It's just because of Fingers Malloy's car insanity. We had to move things around. Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy. Have you tried it yet? Have you tried uh, uh, the the Busker Irish whiskey? Uh, no, I was waiting to do it on the air, Tony. Do it right now. Do it okay. right now. So this is the triple cask 
Triple Smooth. You can find this for about $25 a bottle. It's got a very unique nose, a bit of banana going on in, in, the, in the nose. There's a little bit of maybe some dark fruits. All right, right. You, ready, you ready to take yeah. a sip? It's an Irish whiskey, right? So it's a little different in, the, in that creation. You're, 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 you're supposed to sip it. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Fingers. He downed, he downed the whole thing. No ice, no rocks. He just downed the whole thing. So I'm driving you home, basically. Jeez, oh, please. Is, is, is what you're I'm saying. America's my favorite amateur professional drinker. Did yeah, we come I'm up with that? Is that what we, you home. Yeah, let's go with is that. Is that what happens when your car just gets... It's been a day. <laughs> no, that's very good. Um, oddly enough, when you drink it like that... Yeah? <laughs> no sting on the tongue? <laughs> No, it's, no burn down the throat. It's eighty proof. I didn't get a sting on the tongue either, and I sip it. I still have it in front of me. No, you it, cannot have it. Mine. Definitely has that Irish whiskey flavor right. to it. It's it, also very thick, very buttery. It totally in, encapsulate. You drank it too quickly to well, find did you out. Get a, did you get a little hint of banana at the end of it? I got it in the nose. I didn't so much get it in 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 the finish. But at twenty five dollars a bottle. Right, certainly something you can try. I think I would give this a shot if you it was at your bar. Be like, hey, let me try that and see where it's that. Right. Check it at the bar before you put it into your liquor cabinet. Uh, that's uh, the busker. That right there was uh, the triple cask, triple smooth Irish whiskey. That's what we're reviewing. It's time for news of the week, fingers Moy. Oh, Tony, COVID nineteen. What's that? You may have heard of it. Well, you know we've talked previously on Eat, Drink, Smoke about how the CDC is recommending some of our holidays maybe be virtual holidays, Tony. Not going to happen. The Zoom Thanksgiving, the Zoom Christmas, not going to happen. You're not going to do the Zoom holiday. Oh, no, 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 no. I am, after Jeffrey Tubin, I don't do Zoom anymore. <laughs> I was wondering oh, if we going to do Jeffrey Tubin jokes or not. Look, uh, this is not a political conversation. This is a, how how is it possible that people can be this just tone-deaf conversation just lost. Jeffrey Tubin is a CNN analyst, and he's on, and he's also with the New Yorker magazine, and he's on this call. He's on the Zoom call, but clearly he's a little distracted. And so he's on the Zoom call, but he's looking at somebody, something else, and people think he's on two calls at once. So at one moment, he either tilts down his laptop or his phone, wherever he's on the Zoom call, and Jeffrey Tubin is not wearing pants. And Jeffrey Tubin is... Um, Really enjoying not wearing pants. <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh. He's on a Zoom call while on another call, and he's he's doing that. Yeah. That's the best way I, I could describe it. And he didn't get fired. He did not get fired. He, he was put on leave by the New Yorker, and he's taking some personal time. And you can see the air quotes from CNN. It sounds like he was taking some personal time on the Zoom call. <laughs> How can you, how in the world can you do that? You know, you and I have done radio for a great number of years. You know, I was I've wondering got, where you said you, where you were going with you and I. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and uh, you know, you, you say things and I do TV and not everything comes out great. And, and you certainly give it your best shot. But it's Zoom. There's a camera on you. It never dawned on me that I should be on camera sans pants. Right. Ever. Well, it, listen, I... 
I think that most people, if they hear the story and they hear he's not wearing pants during a Zoom call, they may be like, oh, okay, well, it happens. Uh, but then when you take it a step further and talk about what he was doing pantsless, then you're like, uh, uh, oh, wow, how was he not fired? But the thing that really cracks me up about this story, Tony, is he was on a Zoom call talking about the election. That, that's... That's what got you to the point where you felt like you had to start right? doing some things? The, ele- uh, the election? 2020 has driven everybody mad. <laughs> mad, I tell you. They have forgotten all sorts of social convention, decency, the whole thing. So right. anyway, you if, go. if you decide that you are not going to have a Zoom Thanksgiving, uh, the CDC is warning us that... There is a spike in the COVID-19 numbers, and they're saying that they're really wanting people to not travel because this spike, this latest spike in COVID-19 cases is going to go into 2021, Tony. I don't know if anybody's surprised by that. I don't, it, I don't know if anybody's shocked by that. You don't have vaccines yet. You got people working on it, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Moderna, right? All these things are happening, but it's a virus, uh, yeah, it, it's going to last. The question is, will businesses still be forced into levels of shutdown? And could we see repeated shutdowns because you are in places seeing an increase in cases? Indiana is one of those places you're seeing an increase in cases. It, that's true. and I, I, But I do believe that people are just saying to themselves, I'm fine with people who are deciding that they are, are going to stay home and stay, stay, stay safe and want to take the precautions that they believe necessary to keep them safe. But now you're seeing other people saying, listen, we have to open up the economy. We're going to start traveling. Uh, more people flew in the U.S. over the weekend of October 16th through the 18th than at any other point in the COVID-19 pandemic, according to the TSA, Tony. So more people feel comfortable on a plane or more people couldn't get away with not traveling on a plane? I think both. It says the CDC crossed a long-awaited threshold Sunday, screening one million passengers at airport checkpoints for the first time since March 17th. Good. I mean, good. I'm, I'm, happy. I'm happy to see it. it. It's. I guess my question is, you know, what's the standard level of travel? How does travel, what's the long-term impact on travel? What's the long-term impact on vacation travel? Not so much to grandmas, but to vacation destinations. Right. Right. What will, what do we see? What will there, what will we see there? Uh, But I I guess we look at, at all of these kinds of things and look at it as, you know, good news, a step in the right direction. Uh, I am, I will admit that I'm very, very worried about what's going to happen to businesses as we see an uptick in cases and people just react to the uptick in cases and not question, you know, what kind of severity, what kind of hospital use, what kind of anything else, and just decide we have to shut down all again. Right. I'm very worried about that. Well, but you're seeing the travel industry trying to adapt. You know, we had a story about a month ago how JetBlue was going to try to send customers uh, tests to, you know, go through before they got on a plane to see if they were COVID-19 positive. You're seeing businesses adapt. 
a business in particular that just came out this week and said that they're going to adapt to the new normal, even though we hate using Ugh. that term, uh, is the San Francisco-based company Dropbox. They announced Tuesday that it will stop asking employees to come into its offices and instead make remote work the standard practice. I think you're going to start seeing this more and more, Tony. Yeah, which is going to be just destructive to downtown businesses, right? Picture the office building. Now picture it empty. And now picture the restaurant, picture the bar, picture the whatever in and around the area. This is all, I mean, this, this has the opportunity to be really awful, terrible, vicious, nasty stuff. Don't you think, too, this is going to be part of an employee's negotiation going into whatever pay increase that they're looking for? They may say, hey, instead of a 4% raise, how about if you just give me a 2% raise, but you let me stay at home? This is going to be part of the compensation package now if you could prove that you can work from home. Oh, I think it's the other way. You have to give me the big raise, and I have to stay at home because it's not safe. Right? <laughs> you can't force me back into the workplace. That's the way I think it's going to go. That's the way it's going to get pushed for sure. I, it's just, you know, I think people are kind of predictable in that way. You know, we keep talking about it. The untold damage from coronavirus. We, are, we cannot even begin to know what it's going to be. But I got to hope we also get through it. That's... My take. This is Eat Drink Smoke. Go big or go home. So I went big. Fingers went big. Rare for me to play in this world, although I love a Maduro cigar. But this is a triple Maduro. This is the Camacho triple Maduro. And this is Eat Drink Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars, Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, right there. This is a Figurado shape. So this cigar will start off almost at a point, not a full pyramid or torpedo point, then get a little bulbous in the middle and come back down. Not so much as what you would see as a perfecto shape, which really comes down to a point. This is a very easy draw, very simple, and this uh, Triple Maduro is beautiful, wonderfully oily on uh, the wrapper right here. A lot of really, really moving, intense kind of flavors are, are, are going to be uh, on here. You're going to get spice. There's a strong earth uh, flavor that's going to happen. And it's really has a tendency when you've got this full bodied kind of smoke to stick with you all the way through. But the first thing that, that grabs you on this is that it is a very easy smoke. It is a beautiful white ash. It has a lot of smoke coming off of it, fingers. And for a cigar that you think is big and bold, doesn't play that way. It plays nice and smooth. You definitely get the spice at the light. Uh, so far, I mean, we're only in the first third of the cigar. Very easy, pleasant draw. It's burning very evenly. Uh, I am a big Maduro fan. Having tried this uh, for the first time, only a, f a third of the way, you know, in the first third in, I would think this is a quadruple. Quadru oh, I screwed <laughs> it, it up. up. You look at you. Oh. All that buildup. Oh, that's what she said. Look, we rank cigars in, in a couple different ways. And one of the ways we first, I should say, measure a cigar is we do it by the third. First third, second third, final third. Cigars have a tendency to change flavor as you go throughout, and you got to be able to kind of 
play with it as it goes. Secondly, make sure you have written down what did you eat that day? What's the weather that day? I will tell you, it's chilly today in Indianapolis. We're here at Blend Bar Cigar, Indianapolis, Indiana, where we often record. We each actually have a filet right next to us. It's a filet with a, with a potato croquette uh, right here because they do a, ste- uh, a steak night. We got a fantastic red wine here. Of course, I still have my Busker Irish whiskey to the side. Did you drink yours, Fingers? In about four seconds. Yes, you certainly <laughs> did. Uh, so we're going to dig into that and see how it kind of changes. Does a triple Maduro pair well with the steak? Yes, normally I would be a guy in the ribeye world or New York strip world. I don't usually do fillets, but they've got the deal. And we're like, hey, let's take advantage of this beautiful, beautiful thing and see how it, how it pairs. But what you're eating, what you're drinking, what the weather is like, all will change the cigar. But a triple Maduro feels like a cold weather cigar, right? Yeah. That's something you should be, you should be doing. Uh, the this is big notes for me. This is a lot of big tobacco flavor. Now the truth is, I like tobacco flavor. The wrapper here is San Andreas, uh, of course, a Maduro, and uh, comes out of Honduras. The binder is a, a Corojo Honduran broadleaf, and then you've got bits of Brazilian, Dominican, and Honduran right that are that 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 make up the the, the filler. There's a lot to this. Right now, that's just perfect of a burn. Yep. Perfect all the way around, and a brilliant, brilliant bright white. Now, part of that is because you're dealing with a dark, dark wrapper, although there are dark ones out there. A brilliant bright white ash. It matters because construction of a cigar matters. Not having to be bothered with how you're lighting and relighting it matters. And this right now is hitting all the points. No problems keeping it lit so far. Uh Definitely a smoke that I wouldn't give someone if they had never had a cigar before. A little too full, bo- little too full body, full flavor. However you want to describe it, uh, it is spicy. Uh, it, it it definitely packs a punch, but it still feels smooth, Tony. It's it's not harsh. No, it's, I don't I don't feel that it's harsh at all. It doesn't give me anything but but a bit of happiness. Now. There are certainly some flavorings that I get from other cigars that I in- enjoy more, a touch more of 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 the sweet, uh, for example. Um, I, I sometimes like in in my smoke. This doesn't necessarily give me all of that, but it it look they they say right there, right there, built, built bold. They're they're meaning to do something with the cigar, right? There's a point to this cigar, and the cigar is meant to provide serious serious strength and as you get into it uh, that's that's going to expand that is going to build out and the question is going to be how you handle that right how you deal with that strength going forward there is no way in the world i give this to someone as their first cigar no no shot no chance i'm also not putting this on the golf course however at ten dollars a smoke Man, it's uh, it's not a bad cigar uh, to put uh, on the golf course, right? Because you can afford to, you you can you can handle it, you can live with it, you can deal with that. That's not bad. No, listen, a lot of people who golf, they just leave the golf course after their round is up. It's very nice to go to the 19th hole, especially if they've got a deck out back overlooking the 18th. And if it's a nice day to be able to sit out on the deck and smoke a cigar as you watch other golfers. 
uh, come off the course on the 18th hole. This definitely would be a cigar that I would want to do on a golf course after my round is up. Especially if you're the type, if you're not like Mike Ditka, we've talked about that before on the show, where you see Mike Ditka, he doesn't take the cigar out of his mouth. He'll be lining up a putt. He'll be standing over the ball with the cigar in his mouth, puffing away. If you're the type that likes to put the cigar down, if you're, you're worried about it landing in the trap, you know, th- th- I don't know if this is a cigar for you, even though you said it's, it's $10. You know, it's not breaking the bank, but definitely something you would enjoy on the back deck, on your back deck, or the back deck at the 19th hole of a golf course. Now, I forgot to mention that it is a Figurado, but it's a 6x54. Now, in some places, I found it's a 6.1x54. So, 6 refers to 6 inches long. Tee Always makes him laugh. And 54 is the ring gauge, how thick it is around. Tee Again, with the laughter. But remember, it's a Figurado. It's a little thicker in in the middle on, on, on this one. So that's where you're going the ring gauge from. As you're smoking it, it is not there. It is, it is a far easier it, in the 48, almost 50 in terms of the ring gauge. Nice and easy and solid. Look, this cigar is fun. This cigar is absolutely fun. The cigar also is packing some delicious, solid punch. I will admit that this is not a cigar that is in my humidor all the time. But it's a cigar that every now and again, I do go to. Sometimes you just want the bolt. Sometimes you just want, bring it on, right? Yeah, bring right. on the whole thing. Do you ever get a buzz anymore off of a cigar? Oh, at times. At times I do. But I've gotten them off of all kinds of cigars. So really, it's much more about me and what happened that day and what did I eat that day and everything right. else and levels of tired or... Or, or, or other things than it is about the, the, the strength of the cigar. I'm not anticipating getting one off this. This is the Camacho Triple Maduro. Ten bucks. Ten bucks, twelve bucks a smoke. You can, you can have some fun with this. Not if you're here at the first time. Then no. <laughs> this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Bourbon on a Budget. Which, by the way, is the name of my other podcast. <laughs> Eat, drink, smoke. Great to be with you, Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. You do have about 45 shows going right now, don't you? Look, we're doing a lot. And, and I got to tell you, I'm really getting aggressive about doing more. The one thing that I have decided is, A, the less political stuff I do, the better. I enjoy the cultural stuff much, much more. And I will tell you that I'm very interested in the world that we're pursuing right now. So I do, I do a morning radio show in Indianapolis. I have a syndicated midday show. And I do, you know, commentary on politics and culture with Fox and, 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 and with others. But I, what I've learned from doing Eat, Drink, Smoke is, is twofold. A, I don't know as much as I think I do. I don't know nearly as much as I think I do. And B... People know way more than I ever imagined could be known. And I'm really interested in kind of how this plays out. I'm interested, you know, in, in, in the bourbons and learning about their history. And I'm interested in the social aspects so much of the drinking. What does it all mean? Like when, when we see numbers going up with coronavirus, well, that doesn't mean in terms of uh, alcohol sales, for example. Right. It doesn't mean we've actually had more people drinking. It's that the more people who are already drinkers are drinking. It doesn't mean that everybody 
is doing a lot of drinking. And where we're seeing sales up in some places, you're seeing things massively depressed, like, for example, in some levels of beer sales, things like that, are going on. But the person who is looking for the drink, what is it that moves them? And that's the part that kind of kind of really interests me. For example, I'm not a mixed drink guy, right? It's just, it's just not what I do. Uh, even Manhattan's and Old Fashions, I'm, I'm happy to try them. It's not where I live and breathe. Even things like 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 a Tom Collins, not where I I go. I'm I much more prefer things neat or or on a cube. But what actually gets people excited is kind of like where I want to go and the psychology of the drink itself. Like millennials who want drinks with no alcohol. Yeah. What is that? I mean, we've talked about that. There's a place in New York City that specializes uh, in drawing millennials in to make them 15 to $20 non-alcoholic cocktails. And yeah. as someone who likes to have alcohol, the idea of paying 15 to $20 for a cocktail that doesn't have any alcohol in it, quite frankly, it baffles me, Tony. Which is why I was interested in this story that came out of Men's Health the 21 best bourbons for any budget. Because this is the other part of the psychology. Does money equal good? Right? So, for example, we just had ourselves a filet, a little potato a croquette next to it. Filet, the filet had a bit of a, a, a spicy uh, rub, so it has a nice heat that's still on, on the lips and is absolutely affecting how I smoke right. the Camacho Triple Maduro. So, great example of how what you eat does affect you. But it came with a red. Now, I am a, a red wine. I am, I, I am not good at wines. My palate for wines can't figure out Cabernets versus Merlots versus Pinot Noirs. But I'm very much enjoying it. I'm enjoying the heat of the filet plus the actual filet taste with that red. That is working out tremendously. And with the, the Camacho Triple Maduro, I'm super happy. Right. Right? So this is all very good, but... I don't know if that's a $9 bottle red or an $89 bottle red. I couldn't tell you either because this is literally my fifth glass of wine in my entire life. I've never been a wine guy. I've always been drawn towards whiskey and, you know, mixed drinks and, you know, bourbon and, and, and beer. And definitely beer. But that's what's great about doing this show and exploring this whole different side of, of radio is that we are opening our eyes to different things, but also bringing the audience along too, because there's so many things we're, we're branching off into different kinds of cigars, different kinds of liquor and, and food. I mean, Tony, for those who, who didn't listen to the show last week and catch this show, of course, on Apple podcast, Amazon music, all your favorite podcast platforms, eat, drink, smoke is on it. We, we sat for a half an hour and ate cheesecake. Pumpkin cheesecake. Yes, we did. And we were able to break down which cheesecakes were very good, which cheesecakes weren't so great. And you can check that out on, on the previous podcast. But to be able to go along and, and to branch out into new things like that, this is this is very fun to do. And it's, it's great to bring the audience along to do it. So this list of what's affordable, bourbons on any budget, it starts with the Elijah Craig Small Batch 1789. And that's right. It's $35 a bottle. The Elijah Craig Small Batch is wonderful. In your liquor cabinet, you would drink it anytime, any place, anywhere, unquestionable. The same thing is true of Woodford Reserve, which you can find the Woodford Reserve, the distiller select, which we've reviewed, under 50 bucks. 
Woodford Reserve is right there. Now, me, I'm going right to the Double Oaked. And if I need to spend a little bit more, I'm willing to do it. I really enjoyed uh, the Double Oaked. The Wild Turkey Long Branch. The Long Branch is the one that comes from Matthew McConaughey. And you can find Long Branch for about $40 a bottle. It's terrific. It's sweet. It's full. It's, it works for the room. Uh, the, the Long Branch from Wild Turkey is, is really, really uh, solid stuff. And you, I believe we did a whole review about a year and a half ago on that, didn't we? We did. So check oh, we, that previous podcast out to get our full review over at... Why can't people just enjoy where they are here and now? Oh, I'm sorry. I why, apologize. Why, do, why does everything have to be <laughs> check our why old... Why are we living, at the past? <laughs> living in the past? Right. Uh, by the way, uh, we did the Elijah Craig. Uh, four Roses. Four Roses, uh, the single batch, which you can get for about $43 a bottle. Now, right there, that's that, to, I think, for a lot of people is a cusp number. I think $40, really $30, but $40 is like, a, I don't know if I spend that. I don't know if I do that. But it's it's just it's just solid. You're not going to have any problem at all uh, with that. So the, this is a, a good list. It's like Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace is one of those that's on your list. $33 a bottle on average. Buffalo Trace is there. There are really ways to kind of explore on a budget and if we do anything on this show right there is no push to oh you have to spend crazy money I was last week I emceed a uh, whiskey auction yes right you were there I was uh, with me it's for a group called Spirits for Smiles and they raise money so dentists can provide uh, dental care to those who need it right gratis it was very very cool and and I, I was thrilled to emcee it and we did a live auction. I was the auctioneer. Five. You were the auctioneer. I missed that part. Oh, yeah. We auctioned off Pappy Van Winkle 23-year family reserve for $5,500. Get out. It was outstanding. And that was just one of a few bottles in the Pappy world, in the Eagle Rare world, that we were getting two, dollars $3,000 on. It was amazing but the people who came to this right they're intense this is in collections this is special to them i'm not arguing some of this stuff isn't special i am saying that you can have a fine bourbon experience without it right so the psychology of what moves those people is the same thing i'm curious about as the psychology that moves the person who wants to have a bourbon and why bourbon why bourbon over a beer is it really taste or is there something else? Is the way you kind of see yourself. This is some of the stuff that we're working uh, on, on exploring. Some of the stuff that we're trying to grow into. And I think it's going to take even more shows and more content to do it. And I'm all in. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy. It is the Triple Maduro from Camacho. And man, with the filet we just had, with that bit of a of a spiced crust, I had it medium rare, by the way, because we are both great Americans. Uh, the red that we paired that with, we were doing the busker, the Irish whiskey, but the red is just hitting so remarkably well. This 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 red wine with the the cigar, the whole thing is working perfect, working perfect. And I will tell you, now I know a lot of people have a cigar as the after dinner, having it during is such a fantastic experience to be able to eat a steak and have the cigar next to you 
Ex- experience matters so much to me. You know what I noticed the most is when I would have a bite of the potato, which is a very creamy potato, and That's then okay. and then I would take a puff of my cigar. It really took some of the bite off of the cigar because you had that creamy texture from the potato. And then you would have a bite of that steak, and then the, the spice would come back again because that... that pepper crust that they had on that steak was just fantastic yeah, this is it, but it wasn't pepper it was definitely a spice it was you don't think it was black pepper no it i didn't get a black pepper from it. it it was an actual it was an actual heat almost a touch of cayenne that went with that and i just thought it was i thought I, it's not something i would normally do at home i'm being a purist now i admit i'm a steak purist but that intrigued me. It was just right and just hit everything so well. And it's just mixing perfectly with the cigar and, and with the red. But it's time, Fingers Malloy, for news of the week. And, of course, the big news, you are going to pick up your car in Tucson. And when we hear from you next, <laughs> you will be on the road in your Chevy Volt. Yes. Driving from Tucson to Indianapolis, Indiana, because you couldn't find a Chevy Volt in Indianapolis. You you have no idea how much I wanted to avoid this coming up on the show. <laughs> I didn't want anybody to find out about it because I knew I was going to catch a lot of heat for this. Well, I want to know about your whole CarMax experience. And when we hear from you from the road, we will get into that. But let's hit news of the week as we've got it right now. Tony, we've talked previously on the show about how some people have diversified their financial pro- portfolio. You know, they've gotten out of stocks, they've gotten out of bonds. I personally am in Cougaran. <laughs> and they've invested in booze, Tony. Right. We had the story about, I believe it was in Great Britain, a gentleman bought a bottle of scotch every year for 18 years, sold off the collection, and his son used the money, I believe, to put a down payment on a house. Right. There is an auction going on, a McKellen Scotch. Ooh, talk to me. They have a 78-year-old bottle. Not the, the 78-year-old Scotch bottle. They're going to put it up for auction. The estimated auction price, they're thinking they're going to rake in between 250000 to a million dollars for a bottle of Scotch, Tony. I, you know, we're talking about how I did this auction and we were auctioning off bottles for, I thought, some good-sized numbers, uh, there comes a moment where you're buying for your liquor cabinet. And then there comes a moment where you're splurging. And then there comes a moment where you've got the money and you're supporting a good cause and you're having something really special. And then there comes a moment, you just have so much money coming out your butt, you're like, what the hell? Let's prove to everybody how special we are. And that's this. Yeah. Um, I, I cannot. I cannot do it and somehow think that there's there's a million dollar scotch out there. And when you go through the list, um, there's a McAllen 71-year-old um, that you can do for $78,000. That's <laughs> what they think the, 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 the purchase price is going to be. Look, spend your money your way. Don't get me wrong. But it's for, a, a, it's for a person who has that to spend, and I don't blame them at all. I just want to be invited to drink it, and I want to be invited on your boat. Right. Like, these are the. I assume you have a boat. If you could buy, if you could buy a million dollars, Scott. Oh, gosh, I. Do you drink it, Tony? I mean, do you drink it? I mean, there's 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 some good stories. Like there's this old story about John Bonham, 
the drummer from Led Zeppelin. Right. He walked into a, uh, a fancy sports car dealership and he was dressed like a rock star and he went to the salesperson and said, I want to test drive this car. And he's like, sir, looking at him, looking right. down on him. He test drove it through the plate glass window and said, I'll take it. I mean, <laughs> you wonder about a story like this where, well, some rock star that's worth, you know, a boatload of money buy it and just like crack the bottle open and start chugging it in front of everyone. Would you try? I mean, listen. So the answer is there have been things that I have had that I have held on to because they did have some kind of sentimental value. The truth is all of that sentimentality is gone in me. My sentimentality, and, and I don't know when it happened, and it's got to be an age thing. It's got to be a family thing. Uh, I, my sentimentality is my kids and my wife, and nothing else, nothing else matters at all. Over the past year and a half, we've gone minimalist in my house, right? We still have furniture, right? It's not like I have three shirts. I'm not, I'm not that guy. But we started looking at, at the house and asking ourselves, why do we have this furniture? And what we realized is we've had this furniture because we always had this furniture. When we first got married, we went to Pier 1 and bought a dining room set. It was a very nice wood dining room set. And we took it with us from Tampa to the couple places we lived in L.A. And, and then here we had it for forever, for forever and a day. And we realized this doesn't work for us anymore. This doesn't work for the house anymore. House is a little bit smaller, but it's what we want, and it works for us so great. And so we just started making uh, the changes. And what we learned from that process is that sentimentality is not things. There are a couple things in your life that really matter. So, for example, the artwork in my house is artwork from where we have lived. Okay. That's the artwork. We have one or two things that are maybe a little specialty kind of piece, but they're the history of us and where we've been. Not even so much where we've traveled because we didn't have the money to travel. We're only now starting to think about doing that kind of stuff. If the kids would just get old enough and get out of our hair already, <laughs> we'd be on our way. But it's about where we've lived and where we've been and those kinds of experiences. So we used to live in Washington, D.C., and there's a piece of art uh, from what's known as the Uptown Theater that isn't there anymore. This fantastic theater in Woodley Park, and we loved it. And so we have that, that piece of art that connects with us. But... To, to, to liquor? Oh, no, no. I'm drinking the damn thing. A million dollar bottle. Drinking the thing. And I'm inviting you. Oh, well, thank you. To watch. <laughs> exactly. And speaking of rare bottles of Whiskey Tony, a couple in upstate New York made what they call a wild discovery when they uncovered what appears to be an old bootlegger's supply hidden in the walls of their home. It's the, the, bo the bottle stashed back from, from the early 1920s. It's the coolest story I've ever heard in my life. They buy the house, this, this, this couple, and they start redoing it. And like outside and inside, they're ripping off walls and they find them filled. Never mind how old the bottles must be. Right. This is the coolest thing ever. Everywhere they looked, under the floorboards, ripping off the walls, they found more and more and more. They don't know what it's worth. They don't know what they can do with it. 60 bottles. They found. Now, I would drink that. You my, would. Yeah, but my question is, you know, my my dad, God bless him, he's 81 years old. He's got a lot of old bottles of booze. You and I have shared some of it before right. we did it, a review of, of like a 42-year-old bottle of Seagram's. <laughs> uh, but, Tastes just like Seagram's now. Yes, You're good. Right. Uh, but 
we we did. Uh, he, he gave us a bottle of wine, an old bottle of wine, and if it's not stored properly in a cellar, climate control, it, it it can turn a wine bad. Sure. So. I can't imagine what what effect it would have on these bottles of booze, depending on what it is, that it was it was stashed away in walls for 60, 70 years, no climate control. It may be some of it may be rank. I just think the history of that idea uh, that, you know, people were not prohibition was nonsense and they're like, this is a terrible idea, and they still wanted to have a drink. And it, you know, there were rumors when they bought the house. Oh, you know, an old bootlegger used to live there. I was like, oh, really? Was he was he related to a pirate, perhaps? <laughs> One of those. Maybe there's a treasure map in the attic. And then to find out, holy cow, that's real. Yeah, holy cow, that's real. Now, fingers, you have to go because you have to get to Tucson. I'll have Let, a taco for you. Let's hear about that drive and your Chevy Volt coming up. This is Eat Drink Smoke. So when we last left you, we were both. In Indianapolis, eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. We were. We were both in Indianapolis. But Fingers had to leave because Fingers had to catch a flight because Fingers was flying to Tucson, Arizona because Fingers needed a Chevy Volt. Oh, none of the Indianapolis Chevy Volts would do. Oh, no, 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 no. He had to go. To Tucson, Arizona, get one. So first, he he does all this work to prepare. Then his car breaks down, and he was he was late to getting to, to the show. Shares the whole story of the car breakdown. If you missed any part of it, the podcast is amazing. Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. And then we're like, we got to hear the rest of the story of you getting this this Chevy Volt and why you got the Chevy Volt. He flies to Tucson to get it. So right now you're in Tucson, Arizona. I am in a very lovely, moderately priced hotel in Tucson. I have basic cable. I'm very happy, Tony. Look at you <laughs> living the good life. TNT <laughs> and Cartoon Network. What could be better? So first Top of the world, ma. this is the second time you've flown during coronavirus. How was it? It was fine. I got to the Indianapolis airport, went through security with no problem. Very, uh, little wait to get through, and uh, it was painless. In fact, I was supposed to have a seven-hour layover. I was flying from Indianapolis to Phoenix, Phoenix to Tucson. Very fortunate to be able to fly, uh, get on a standby list, and flew. Um, uh, I got that layover down to like an hour and a half, so I got here a lot earlier. Checked into my hotel at eleven, or at least tried to, but then they tried to to charge me uh, twenty bucks to check in early. You ever have that happen, Tony? To check in early, never. Yeah, to check. That's but you, usually it's like, no, I'm sorry, we can't check in until like three o'clock or 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 whenever they've run the black light over the thing to make sure the room's safe. Uh, <laughs> no one's ever said twenty bucks. I, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it said twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. I said, you know, I'll pass. I'll pass. And I because I had to go, Tony, to the dealership to pick up my lovely new Chevy Volt. So so you, the, the flights are all right. You, you arrive alive. You're at the, the hotel. They're a little crazy. You're like, you know what? I've got no time for you. Hold the bags. And you head over to the CarMax. That, now, remember, when this all started a week ago, uh, Fingers Malloy was like, CarMax? <laughs> right? I, no one at the country club would believe me if I got a car from CarMax. And then he finds the car of his dreams and is like, no, don't bother shipping it. I'll go get it myself. Flies himself to Tucson. You walk into the CarMax. 
Now, mm-hmm. now you got to give me the full story. Walk me through it. I walk in and I tell them I'm here uh, from Indianapolis, ready to take my test drive. And they said, "And you are who? What? No, we didn't know you were coming. We didn't know you were coming. No. So, oh, I was promised that the car would be completely charged. You know, it's got a battery that has a 53 mile range, and then it would be gassed up. And I got there, uh, the battery dead, gas, a ah, quarter of a tank." So wait, yeah. wait, before anything, how did they not have the information that you were coming when you spoke to them and said, Hey, CarMax, uh, and, and, and we're not trying to dog on CarMax. We're just, we're sharing it as it happens. Right. Uh, how, like, like, what did they say? Why, what, why weren't they ready for you? Apparently they have a third party that is involved in their call center and there's it's a rather new system so there are glitches tony the salesman couldn't have been more delightful Uh, i still don't have my car though i have to pick it up tomorrow because they're charging the battery they're giving it a really good detail on the inside and uh, they're going to fill it up with gas and we'll see how it is when i get there tomorrow i want to see if it will have a full charge you're going way too far ahead we got to step back so oh, the, the sales guy wants to make a sale. You come in, you have an appointment. They never got the word that there's an appointment. How freaked out are they? Uh, well, they aren't freaked out. I'm <laughs> But we're like, were they like, hey, you know what? We're going to make this right. We're going to take care of it. Or were they nonchalant? Like, where, where were they? They weren't freaked out, Tony. I was ticked. I, <laughs> if that tells you anything, hey, listen, it was uh, the, the funny thing was I couldn't believe well, everything is really chill here in Tucson. Everything's laid back. It's almost like uh, being in the south. Uh, you know, uh, there's hardly anyone at the dealership. And so everybody was just kind of laid back. I was like, OK, we're going to get we'll get this taken care of. We'll get it done. And I'm thinking I just got off a plane. <laughs> To fly here to see this car, and it, it wasn't ready. It's not ready. So I, I'm a little bit more high strung than the salesperson. But like I said, he's 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 trying to make it work. So he your your tension level is super high because you're you're you. But everybody right. else is like, hey, we're gonna handle this. So how do they start handling it? Do they first take you to the car that you came to see, or do they show you another vault? What do they do? Well, here's the funny thing, Tony. All of the vaults there. None of them had a charge on them, so oh, they no. sit in the lot, and you know people test drive them, and then they put them back in the lot, and nobody puts them on a charger. This particular CarMax doesn't have one of those chargers that can charge one of these cars in four hours. They have to plug the car in, just like if I had it at home, and that's a th- for a Volt. That's a thirteen-hour charge. Can I so- tell you? My experiences with CarMax, I have bought a car from CarMax. I have sold a car from CarMax. My mother has bought and sold a car with CarMax. The most perfect, perfect, perfect experiences ever. They gave my mother so much money on her old minivan, I thought they made a mistake. Like, she was convinced someone was going to come back later in the day and be like, hey, we there was one too many zeros on that check. So, sorry. Erase, erase. Holy cow, you are cursed. So, so they're, they're at least being polite. They're, they're do, right, doing the thing. And, and they're like, well, we'll just have to plug this in and you can come back tomorrow. So, are you like 
oh my God, I flew to Tucson. I'm not going to have a car. There's part of me that feels that way, but I'm, I'm going to try to channel my inner Tony Katz and I'm going to remain positive. And so I'm saying to myself, tomorrow morning, I'm going to go to the dealership. Everything will be fine. Uh, 53 miles worth of uh, battery charge in the car and I will hit the road and I'm going to start videotaping my journey. And you'll be able to see that on the Facebook page. Uh, what, what was our Facebook handle? Tony Katz. Tony, I'm, I'm, well, I'm Tony Katz Radio. Your fingers Malloy Radio. The show is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Facebook.com yeah. slash Eat, Drink, Smoke. But now, wait. So what did you do while you were there? You, you, you're you at the dealership. It's early in the morning. You can't check into your hotel room without spending another 20 bucks. So like, like what did you, what did you do? Did you drive uh, well, on I, at all? Yeah, I drove two and it was, I was actually, I was torn between a white one and a silver one and I picked the silver one. And so that was the biggest thing was going, going over the vehicle, uh, fine tooth comb, picking the one I wanted. And that took three hours, Tony. It took three hours. Well, you listen. I'm not buying a bagel. <laughs> I could had this car for at least five years, so I, I look everything over, make sure it's what I want. And so you've yeah, done. So I looked these. You've done the financing. Yes. You you yep. you, you got the insurance. Mm-hmm. So yep. you've done everything, except the only thing we don't know is: Are you going to drive home or are you going to fly home? I'm, if everything goes well tomorrow morning, I'm hopping in my new Chevy Volt and I'm driving back to Indianapolis. But we don't. Oh my God! It's a cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger, Tony. That wasn't the plan, fingers. <laughs> the plan was to catch you on the open road, wind in what's left of your hair, happy as can be. Look at me in my Chevy Volt driving down Route 66. Yeah. Instead. <laughs> You're in the moderately priced hotel in Tucson wondering what tomorrow will bring. This is the lamest cannonball run. Oh, no, we're not getting the beer. We're not. Daddy and Junior, they're going to be wicked upset. We're not getting the beer. So here's the story, guys. We don't know. We don't know if Fingers has the car or not, and we won't know until well you follow on facebook at eat drink smoke or you listen to eat drink smoke next week we'll see you then